Welcome to another edition of Spiritual Encounters. I am your line-hearted host, Pastor Casper, and I'm here with Dr. Nathan Jones. And we want to talk about what we talked about last time, because I had a copy of your book before you got one. <laughs> Here's my copy. I finally have it. I have it now. Yeah, so let's open. You're on page... Is it um, 199? 199, chapter 13. Let's, let's talk about the the super cells approach. Okay, well, I was approached by Terry James. Many of you know, he's an author uh, with Rapture Ready. He's written 30 some books and he likes to get many different authors together to write about different science. This is actually the uh, fourth book project I've worked with him. And he also wrote the forward to my Mighty Angels of Revelation book. So well, I'm kind of excited. Oh, you got that too? Wow, you got yeah, them all. I like to be prepared. This, <laughs> this is actually, this is came out of a Bible study that you did. Is there not, this, is, this is a fantastic book. I mean, I recommend this to everybody. Anybody who's oh, searching for the things of God, if you're seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness, read this as well, because it's going to give you some great insights. It actually came out of a uh, podcast that Vic Batista and I do. We've been uh, doing this podcast for 12 years now. And uh, we taught verse by verse through the book of Revelation, like we do many other books. And uh, but we realized there were 72 angels or groups of angels that you found in the book of Revelation. I never read a book that brought that. So it teaches you angelology and eschatology at the same time. And this one, Terry wanted to cover current events and signs of the end times as it relates to world politics. So he'd asked me for this new book, Trajectory, which I, I believe is out on Amazon. I'm not sure if anywhere else yet. But he asked me to cover Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Gog and Magog War, particularly because Russia moving in against Ukraine. What does that mean? Where is Russia going biblically uh, and prophetically? And so me and two other authors for that section covered the Gog Magog War in it. So it was a great blessing. And the book was actually supposed to come out earlier this year, but because of all the paper shortages, believe it or not, publishers having paper shortages, uh, the book has uh, just finally come out last month. Well, yeah, I read through this and it's um, it's fantastic. And I knew almost every day people are asking me, well, what's going on? You know, we're hearing wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilence and bioweapons and all the rest of it. And you're pretty much adjusting these things in this chapter. So um, when, when maybe um, we start at the beginning of this chapter and uh, go for a couple of moments here. Um, but, you know, I mean, you're talking about a, a, only 25% of the you know, Bible overall plan for God here. It's like, um, it's like a, I like this analogy of the hundred of pieces of the puzzles, and we've got a lot of the puzzle pieces in place right now, but it's, it's your analogy. So let me let you explain it. Oh, well, that, that's true. I mean, Bible prophecy is a hundred piece puzzle. And it seems like at this stage that we're living in, we're up to about 75 pieces, if I can make that analogy. We're missing 25 pieces. Now, what's my wife likes to do these puzzles. She'll do a thousand piece puzzles. And, you know, after you get about two thirds of the pieces in, you can start making out the picture pretty well. And I think that's where we're at in Bible prophecy right now is that we've got about 75 of the hundred pieces. You can look at the picture and there's some pieces still missing and we're waiting for the Lord to, you know, kind of pop it in there when the event happens and give us the complete picture. But we have a pretty good picture. And uh, especially with the Gog Magog War of Ezekiel 38 and 39, because the Lord gives us two whole chapters about that end time war. Matter of fact, there's more information about the Gog and Magog War than there is, and even about the Battle of Armageddon. 
Well, let's let's expand on that. Um, and as we do, um, I think we just lost week. Um, Pope um, Vatican had this was it the seventh summit that they had, and they they got together and officially declared, proclaimed the one world religion as Islam. So I think that's another piece of the puzzle now. Absolutely, I the red heifers coming out. That's another piece that came. Uh, uh, possibly maybe you can comment on this because actually I've been wanting to ask you this, Casper, uh, with the Queen's passing and now uh, King Charles being very much a one world globalist. Do, do you feel like that's another piece? I do. I do think that's another piece, a uh, very significant piece. Um, I was curious. There was a, I, I remember actually watching this. I think I must have watched it when it was first broadcast, but he was in Romania, which is, you know used to be Transylvania. And they they used him, you know, as a, as a coy to attract touristism. And he he started talking about how he was, I think, sixteen generations from Val, the, the Impaler, um, the who they wrote uh, from Bond wrote the Dracula story about. This guy was much worse than a vampire, and and uh, the aristocrat formerly known as Prince. <laughs> He was he's walking along talking to this interviewer in the field and he goes, Well, you know, because I'm related to him, um, I, I have a stake in it, making a joke out of it, right? Uh but I, I think that's where people like, you know, we got like the new age um guru uh, David Ikes in Britain who made comments like the Queen's a reptilian. I'm going, well, maybe that's probably where he got the idea from, watching, you know. Prince Charles at the time talking about how he had a connection with um, basically the Dracula in the deal. So, I mean, you know, people just making up stuff all the time. Um, let's just go with the word of God. I mean, one of the issues here, right, is, you know, the, the church, God's church, we, the church, not the building, you know, we should have no schisms in the body of Christ, but all the members should have the same care for one another. If we ever did that, we'd all come together with a mighty force We'd be taking down the globalists and the one world uh, transhumanist guys. I mean, I mean, it's, it's absolute madness, you know. I and it's and it's bothered me for a long time now that King Charles III is aligned with people like the Nazi raised Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum dictating what the UN does. So yeah, I think those are significant pieces of the puzzle as we stand back and start to gain a bigger picture of it. Oh, I mean, it wasn't just uh, recently that Charles came out and was talking about how the EU needed to form a global government and it needed a, a global leader. And he kept referring to a him, for him, for him, not himself, but somebody else. It's like, what does Charles know? Now, I believe that the rapture of the church will happen before the Antichrist is revealed. So at least this side of heaven, we don't know who the Antichrist is. But uh, I don't know, I'm beginning to think that the uh, World Economic Forum elites already have a, in mind somebody who potentially could be that person. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I'm in agreement with you. And I, I've been telling my church as well from my perspective and all the scriptures that we can pull together. I, I don't think we're going to know who the Antichrist is. I think there's possibly they've always had a lot of candidates, people just wanting to, to fulfill that role where um, the devil himself comes in and you know, manifests in somebody full blown. Um, kind of like what he did at the Last Supper with Judas. Um, so I think we're going to see a repeat of that kind of thing. 
But I, I think it, at that point, you're right. I think we'll be with the Lord Jesus caught up together in the air with him and uh, preparing. You know, there's a question I'm really excited about there. We're coming back on white horses with the Lord Jesus leading the way because yeah. he's not someone that leads from behind. He's a king of kings that leads from the front. So we'll yeah, be talking yeah. along. You know, I've had yeah. training. I've had training with the Calvary <laughs> too. I, I know what that's like, the, the charge with the Calvary. But, I, mean, oh. I had an ISML to police school training with my horse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you're the expert on horses, so you'll be able to ride it. I'm going to be falling off my horse on the way no, down. No, no. Uh, That's why we got the question. See, we're going to be there standing next to you. Go, oh, keep your heels down, and you know, <laughs> looks great. Yeah. Uh, I used to date a girl uh, before I met my wife, who was in the steeplechase, and her horse. I learned. I learned horses can get jealous. The horse tried to get rid of me every chance it, it could get. So. <laughs> That's my only experience with horses, but I think we're, we're looking at some interesting things, is, especially as we got the um, the nationalists like, say, Putin and Xi Jinping in China yeah. are actually fighting with the globalists. And we read in Ezekiel 38 and 39 about this rise of this, this leader named Gog who will rise out of Russia, the ancient Rus people, and he will lead an Islamic coalition of nations, including the stand nations, uh, Iran, Turkey, uh, Sudan, Ethiopia, and many of these other outer ring of Islamic nations for the purpose of plundering Israel. Matter of fact, we can read if I could go ahead and I always like to hit the Bible first and start with there. But Ezekiel 38 says, the word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel, son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, oh, excuse me, let me, uh, I always prefer the New King James Version. Let me go back there. Okay. The prince of, uh, let's start it. The prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, O God, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out, and all your army, horses and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, and Persia and Ethiopia and Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all its troops, the house of Tagarma, far from the north all its troops, many people with you. So these are the nations I talk about. These are the ancient names, like, you know, Ethiopia is still the same, but but Put is now Libya, uh, or Persia is now Iran, uh, Beth Tagarma and all is now Turkey. So all these nations have historic names that Ezekiel gave us 2,600 years ago. But what we're saying is this leader who the Bible designates as Gog is going to come out of Russia and lead a coalition of nations to attack Israel. Now, it's interesting that Ezekiel 38 tells us that, that what God's going to do, he's going to put a hook into the jaws of Russia and drag them down for what the purpose of plundering Israel. Now, Casper, we were talking about potential um, puzzle pieces here. Well, one of the biggest puzzle pieces I saw with Europe suffering because of Russia cutting off its, its natural gas to Europe and crazy enough like Belgium turning off its nuclear reactor and other power sources is is they've been going to Israel this past week and begging Israel to speed up their, their gas production and start supplying gas to Europe. Well, 40% of the Russian economy is based on selling gas to Europe, and Israel finally has enough wealth to undermine the Russian economy. So we now know what uh, very potentially is the hook that brings Russia down against Israel is because Israel now can compete against Russia economically. Now, I, I believe there's some other prophetic things that have to happen before the Gog Magog War, the destruction of Damascus, uh, the Psalm 83 War, and even before that, the rapture of the church. But 
I love it that when you get to the bottom of chapter 38, and it talks about how God steps in against this coalition of armies. He uses supernatural destruction, uh, earthquakes, and hail, and the armies turn on each other, and, and he destroys them. And then God sends fire on those countries that attack Israel. And the reason for all of this is on verse 23. Thus, I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. So it's exciting that, that God's going to step back into human history, supernaturally protect Israel, and the whole world will know that there is a God defending Israel. Brother, I don't think there's going to be any atheists going into the tribulation. And we know this happens before the tribulation begins because the Israelis spend seven years collecting and burning the weaponry that was left over by this invasion, seven years like the seven-year tribulation. So uh, all these puzzle pieces are coming together very quickly. I'm, I'm not going to say that Putin is God, but he sure has been one of the most powerful people ever in world history, and he'd be a very good candidate for him. Yeah, he does seem to, to meet the criteria. Um, I think another piece of the puzzle is, is, is such a lot of talk about crashing the economy, the world economies, and bringing in their one world money system, which is what Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum have been working and planning on and orchestrating with pandemics and all the rest of it for years. So, um, you know, now we've got the official one world government uh, in, in place and got the one world religion in place. So we're seeing those prophetic pieces of the puzzle light out now and we can get perspective on it. And we think back in time, I mean, we've, we've seen over and over again um, the demonic entities manifesting in these, in these that would become power hungry madmen. Um, you know, the, the Egyptian pharaohs, I mean, they thought they were gods. If you listen to them, you can, sounds like Dr. Yabel Noah Harari talking at times, right? But this, we, we're, we could be gods, you know, what kind of gods are we going to be? Are we going to be good gods or, you know, greedy gods? Um, I mean, you could hear him talking about this stuff. I mean, so we hear the, the emperors in, in, in Asia and Europe, wars, you know, with Russia and um, the Russian bazaars and all these British kings and queens were constantly, you know, growing up and hearing about all these wars. Um, and why was it, you know, Britain got to a point where the sun never set on, on Great Britain, right? Because they, they had dominion over so many countries that the sun was always shining in daylight somewhere around the world. So, you know, we, Julius Caesar, right? It was all about world domination back then. It's the same. There's nothing new under the sun, as God told us. The same old stuff, right? Um, yeah. It's just now that they've got um, AI working with them. Yeah, very true. I, I saw a very good presentation by Brandon Holthouse at the Prophecy Watchers Conference earlier this year, and he was talking about the motivations behind Putin. And he brought up a very good point that, that kind of snapped a picture in my mind that kind of goes on what you said is that it's interesting a lot of these politicians join uh, because they want to help or serve their country, but eventually they, they work their way up to an elected position, but then they don't want to give up their position. And, and so they go beyond the law and stay in far longer than they can possibly. And then they start getting this idea that they're the new king or the czar. But after that, then they move into the position where they feel like they're an emissary from God. And that's where Putin is right now, where he believes that God has called him to take over Ukraine and reunite Russian orthodoxy with Ukrainian orthodoxy. But it seems like the next step after that always is the megalomania that makes them believe also they're not emissaries of God, but they're gods themselves. 
And we see that with Xi Jinping putting pictures of himself up in all the state churches. Uh, and, you know, eventually they, they, they always, the, I guess the power goes to their heads and they all see themselves as God. So it could well be that if the Antichrist is on the scene at some right now, and I believe he's got to at least be alive the way the signs of the end times are lining up, he's probably a politician or a dignitary or some, some uh, uh, possibly ambassador or something, good intentions, but, uh, you know, the, as he gets more and more power, it'll go more and more to his head. And then when Satan finally possesses him, will want the world to worship him. So, yeah, it, it's amazing how quickly the puzzle pieces are being popped in right now. It, the, the picture is really becoming very obvious. It makes me think back to the gathering demoniac. Um, you know, he's absolutely stock raving mad and uh, the Lord deals with him. And, 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 you know, one time he's questioning, you know, who's in you? The demons say we're legion. That was like 20,000 guys. So how big could they be? They're hanging on the end of a synapse and a neuron. I mean, 20,000 of them. So, I mean, we, we, the diabolical, sinister, you know, stuff that's going on right now with the new technologies um, and, and, you know, they control the media. I um, have a neighbor that's a judge that um, went to vote and he said he wanted to, it legally, he said, I want to see my vote, make sure it wasn't altered, but, you know, after it left the machine and I can't read this, you know, code so he asked to see the manager and the manager you know confronted him and then went and got the police to, to come in and harass him because you're not allowed to ask those kind of questions i think it is not reason that they even called the machine dominion so i don't know if we're you know let me just say i mean i don't know if they have elections they, they have selections somebody's mm -hmm. being selected right um and so we've got, you know, it's, it's maybe just the way the, the game's played today, a bit louder because of the, the mass media now. Um, but we've got a bunch of psychopaths, um, you know, genesis out there. Um, I, I think when remember they asked um, one of Hitler's guys, I was at him and Gorg, Goring, um, you know, how they did what they did, that they get so many, the majority of German people go along with this the insane idea you know, crimes against humanity, that were against all these innocent people. And I remember he said something to the effect of, it's so easy, all you got to do is tell them they're being attacked and then they'll follow their leader. It works in every nation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Peace and safety, right? That's one of the signs of the end times is that people will want peace and safety, but they won't get it. And we know that so many of these crises that the world's facing, especially the energy crisis that we're in now, is manufactured. We could produce enough oil and gas, uh, enough electricity, but for some reason we're not. I was in Seattle yet, uh, this weekend preaching at a conference, and the gas was $6.19 in Seattle. $6.19. Yet we, we were energy independent only two years ago, so it's clearly being manufactured. It's trying to force everybody into electric vehicles so they can control it. I mean, it's easy to you turn off the power. You can't charge your electric vehicle. I mean, it's pretty obvious. So yeah, it's all about control. And like you said, this, this new uh, digital coin system where we get away from paper money, I mean, that's insidious when you think about it. Because if your money all sits as ones and zeros in a bank somewhere and they want to cancel you, I think we saw Justin Trudeau kind of spill the beans there in Canada with the truckers. He turned off their money. He turned off their livelihood, their jobs. He blacklisted them. I mean, he absolutely destroyed them. And it was so much like what we read about in Revelation 13, how the Antichrist will come, and not now, but at the midpoint of the tribulation, set up his 
loyalty mark on his right hand or forehead that people can't buy or sell unless they declare loyalty to him. Now, whether there's any technology involved or not, we can only speculate, but it's clear that you can shut a person down by just cutting them off of their financial internet access and get rid of their voice by removing them from social media. We live in that cancel culture time period. So pop another puzzle piece in. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it sounds just like what's going on in China with the, the credit score. And um, I mean, they've already done that for successfully, right? They're controlling the people. Um, you don't do it the way, you don't think the way we want you to think, then you don't eat, you don't live. Um, so yeah, another piece of the puzzle. This is, the world's in a, in a great place of danger right now. And uh, you think about the, um, Jared Kushner made some statement just a few weeks ago, where it's um, President Trump's um, son-in-law. And he mm -hmm. said things like, um, this generation is gonna be the generation that lives forever. Not because he's following the Lord Jesus, but because he's following the science. He's following the transhumanist and he thinks he's convinced with whatever inside information he's been privy to that you know they're gonna succeed in you know, the Bible says men will seek death in revelations and not find it. They're going to be trying to, to run and hide from the Lord. They won't be able to. It's, they're going to try to maybe achieve an uh, immortality without God. It's not going to work too well. Um, so it's, it's just this is what's unfolding in front of us. It doesn't really matter what political affiliations. They all seem to be going towards the same goalpost. And it's all laid out there in, a lot in Daniel and in Revelation. And you need to understand what's going on because we are getting down to the hour here. Uh, well said. But discernment is so important right now. And we get discernment by reading the Bible and understand God's prophetic timeline. Uh, but it's also meant to, to give us hope because it, you know, even though it seems like we're in a really dark and we are in a dark time in human history and it's getting darker, is that God already foresaw it thousands of years ago. And he saw how it's going to get darker during the tribulation but also how wonderful it is when the Lord Jesus returns and conquers Satan and the false prophet and the Antichrist, destroys that Babylon religion and that Babylon uh, economy and that Babylon political system, uh, just as Daniel 2 said, you know how the world systems, the world governments were represented by the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. And then Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he saw a stone not cut by human hands come careening out of the sky and hit the statue at its feet and blow it up and the wind blow the dust away and the rock grew and filled the earth and it became the kingdom of Christ. So as horrible as it's going to get, and this is like you know, one of mankind's last stand to try to create this global utopia with a fallen heart, which will be a failure. We know that Jesus Christ is going to come and he's going to defeat that and set up his kingdom. And as Christians, we're citizens of that kingdom. And so there's exciting times ahead, but uh, I, I, I feel you, brother. I, it's very disappointing to read the news right now and just see people so willingly give up their, their, their freedoms and their rights for the false hope of peace and security, which they can't have without the Prince of Peace. Well said, jolly well said. Um, we, we just, we are in that time. And although for all this, this day would come. And in fact, you don't hear it in church very much. You know, all those that would live godly will, what? Be prosperous and have your best life now. No, it says all those who live godly shall suffer persecution. So yes. um, you know, be well. Uh, you know, be wary when all men speak well of you as well. I mean, we we are ambassadors of Christ. So when 
you know, are you sure you've got the kingdom of God backing you up? And you can't kill a Christian. So that's good news for everyone to understand. You can't, we're immortal beings as believers in Christ, part of his family, you're going to live forever with him. So all they can do is temporarily change your mailing address, and then we're all coming back with the Lord. And he's setting up a new world order, not the one that the Illuminati want, but his new world order. He's going to redecorate new heaven, new earth. It's going to be glorious. I know oh. the last few minutes here, we, uh, we can carry on in part two. So um, if anybody's just watching this one segment, I, I just pray my heart just goes out to you that you get right with the Lord and, and you know, you don't want to do a Matthew 7 where you think you're doing a lot of stuff. you got a TV show. you got this going on and that going on. And he goes, I, I never knew he'd depart from me. He's calling us to be, love me, keep my commandments. And so often the church doesn't even know what those are anymore. In fact, they think there's only two. And if you just do that too, that, that would be good. That's why you condense it down to two. So um, the last few minutes here, why don't you pray us out on this segment? Okay. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you are sovereign. You have everything in control. And as the world seems to be getting darker and more evil, we know, Lord, that that's, that's the hooks in the jaw directing your enemies to their end. And Lord, we thank you that as we read in Ezekiel 38, that Lord, this is for declaring to the world your glory. Lord, we desire to see your glory now. We pray for the rapture of the church and we look forward to that day. We also pray in the meantime, Lord, that uh, many will be led to you and know you as Savior, and uh, they too will also participate in the rapture, and many, Lord, will give their lives to you. So, Lord, we thank you so much for Brother Casper and his team and everybody involved in making a spiritual encounters, and we pray, Lord, for all those tuned in that may put their focus on Jesus Christ, adopt Revelation 3.10 as their motto, and know, Lord, that uh, we need to work hard and bring people to you while the time is short. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. See everyone here, there in the air. <laughs>